welcome to Stateside F1. I'm Joe Leonardo. That man making the sound of Lando Norris having probably his worst race, I'd say. Definitely for sure. Is Andrew Berger. Hello, everyone. Good to be here. Spanish Grand Prix. And we are talking, like you just said, Spanish Grand Prix. Hi, everybody. Joe Leonardo here. And this is Andrew Berger. Along with being the hosts of Stateside F1, Andrew and I are audio engineers with thousands of hours of podcast experience. Between the both of us, we've worked with a wide variety of companies from Google to Discovery as editors, mixers, sound designers, and even social media managers. If it's a companion podcast for a TV show or just a hobby among friends, we can help you with your podcast. Feel free to reach out to us at statesidef1 at gmail.com. Man, George Russell got roasted. He did get roasted, but I will say this. He had a great race, and I think he uh, he uh, deserved driver of the day. I think so, too. People were... Um... People were, even the commentators were complaining that, uh, you know, when George Russell has a mistake, like when he almost, I think it was during qualifying where he almost ran into Lewis Hamilton. Like yes. Russell's like, tis but a scratch. Didn't see him. <laughs> oh, like, sugar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to tell you, Mercedes is, <laughs> Mercedes is chaos. Qualifying, they both almost drive into each other and then they get a 2-3 for the race. So, uh, you know, whatever they're doing, whatever energy they're bringing, it's working. It's a chaotic energy, but we're, we're loving it. P- people were hoping for a, um, for a Red Bull style Spanish Grand Prix for Mercedes. Cause Mercedes actually looked competitive this race. So yeah. I think it was 2016 where, um, Ricardo and Verstappen just ran into each other they were they were they were leading the race and it was going to be an incredible one too and then they both just crapped the bed. Didn't uh, Lewis and Nico also crash into each other? They did. Yeah, so this is basically a, a flashback for Mercedes. Yeah, t- Toto definitely uh, laid the law down in the Mercedes garage, and also it came out after the race. Mick Schumacher is the unsung hero. Yeah, sitting in the sim overnight. Yeah. Overnight, getting it done. Um, you know, if only they had someone doing that at Haas for him. I know. Well, Haas can't afford anything, so <laughs> no, that's true. You know, Haas their simulator actually- is like someone plays Gran Turismo, and they're like, "All right, here's what I figured out." It's the uh, it's the unreleased F one twenty twenty four game. On a they controller, can't, though. They can't even get the unreleased. They have to play like two years before. It's like the 2019. <laughs> Put everything on hard mode. <laughs> so it's like the car now. <laughs> Did you hear what Horner said? Because like, um, Mercedes obviously is, you know, has their upgrades. They had a good weekend. And Horner's like, yeah, they had a good weekend. But they're still like 30 seconds behind us. So we're not sweating. Oh my god! And I heard now he's bringing up uh, he's bringing up issues of um, Mercedes reaching their cost cap. 
Oh, so that that means you know that Mercedes has a fighting chance for doing well. You know, not getting first, obviously, in constructors, but at least really doing well. When Horner starts complaining about them. Yes, that's the thing. Horner, I feel like he's a very insecure guy. Totally. I can totally see that. He he even roasted Martin Brundle this past weekend, I heard. Really? I didn't see the interview, but I was just like... I'm just like, why? Like, Martin Brundle does great. He actually, Martin Rundle had a great moment with Michael Douglas. Did you see that? Yes. In that interview? Yes. Michael Douglas was like, you know, you're great. I love what you do. I watch you every weekend. You're fantastic. He, he does not get enough love. Martin Brundle, I mean, I guess he has sometimes his short quips, but also yeah. the people he interviews that are on the grid are all like famous celebrities for being famous. They're not sure. like, I don't know. Who is that? What? Was it um, who was that woman that uh that I think it was a rapper that uh just totally blew him off? Was it Cardi B or Megan The Stallion? Oh yeah, I don't remember. It was, it was, yeah. It was like we were saying with the uh, the rags to riches stories, man. Like you could, the money could be in the bank account, but it doesn't mean it changes your personality. <laughs> exactly. How about with uh, Lewis and Shakira? There's that picture that went around of them together. Oh, did you see the meme? And then he's like, I need a Latina in my life. And then it like cuts to him <laughs> sitting next to Shakira. <laughs> like, good for Lewis. Lewis, man, because he's missing uh, Angela, his, uh, yeah, his, his trainer. assistant. She, you know what? I spoke to a famous person's um, personal assistant recently. And it's all just a climb. So much of it's just a climb. You work as a personal assistant for a few years for different people. Mm. And then you meet enough people. It's enough networking for you to yeah. just jump off and do your own thing. Mm. Mm. And that's what I follow Angela on social media. I mean, she wouldn't have me following her unless she had a relationship to Lewis Hamilton. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of all industries, though. It's like people really... And that's the thing I'm bad at. People people really kind of like don't look at the networking aspect of things. They're like, well, you just work hard and things happen to you. And I feel like, yes, that may have been the way before, like it's results-based, but now like things are more like networking-based. Yes. And like, who who's your followers? How many of them do you have? Who are you following? How many of them follow you? And um, it's not about what you can do. It's about who you know. And um, are you available, basically? It's so much of that. That's, I mean, that's kind of how, how I got my, my current job, honestly. I just kept hammering at the, the door. Really? Yeah, I was just, I was meeting people, and they knew people who knew people, and then I got to the people I wanted to meet, and I just kept emailing them, like, every four months or something just being like hey um i mean that's good yeah that's i i I gotta be better at that i'm like i'm like a introverted extrovert right i like am perceived as extroverted but really it's just like 
the mask I wear to hide my introvertedness. <laughs> like that's my an- anxious reaction to being introverted is to be like very outgoing. Interesting. So you're covering your introvertedness by being extroverted. Yeah, I feel like my anxious reaction to being introverted is to be very outgoing and uh, affable. Interesting. Does that make sense? I, yeah, I totally get that. It's a um, it's a defense mechanism. It's like a defense mechanism. Charm is my defense mechanism. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, like, yeah. Yeah, if I could, I would, you know. The thing is, like, if I spend too much time alone, then I'm, like, sad for being alone all the time. But then when if I'm out with a bunch of people, I just only want to be alone. Does that make sense? That's why I love, like, performing on stage. It's a great barrier because you're with a bunch of people. There's an audience, right? But there's yeah. a division between the stage and you. Yeah. Right? It's a one-way conversation. There's, it's not a two-way conversation. It's I'm on stage performing. You are laughing but you don't have any input into the performance. <laughs> like I'm doing this thing and I'm happy you're here. If that makes sense. I totally feel that. Um, this I, is like, this is our serious episode. This is our psychology episode. Yeah. I mean, as a, I mean, think about how we could relate it back to F1. I mean, look at all the different personalities of the drivers. I mean, they, they're on stage out of the car and even in the car because all the teams know that their radio trans some of the radio transmissions get released out to um like publicly. Yeah, which publicly. I have to say, Alonzo saying, Hey, I'm not gonna fight Lance. Lance doesn't have to worry about me, is exactly one of those uh instances where someone knew that their radio communications would be broadcast live. And I got to say, I, I feel kind of for Lance because it makes Lance look like, hey, this, you know, the, the big bad guy's not going to fight me, so I should be better. You know, it, it's almost like Alonzo's like, I'll take it easy on the the small fry. I have to. S- oh, God, that plosive. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I have to remember where that was in the. Um, in the race. It was like I towards the, the end. I think Lance was on newer to. I just didn't think it made sense for them to race because neither of them would gain anything. Sure, but it doesn't require... Exactly. I think the right move was for them not to race, but Fernando sang it on the radio. There was no reason for him to say it. Right? There was no order. Yeah. Like It was just like him being like, hey, don't... It feels like he was talking to Lawrence more than he was talking to his race engineer or talking to Lance. Yeah yeah i don't know why that was said maybe alonso is getting a little snarky he's like hey like let me win races and why did you sign that deal with honda because <laughs> they want to be red bull yeah i don't it's i think it still baffles me that honda was able to build such a great car with red bull well you know they were able to integrate the engine better with Red Bull's design than with McLaren's design, which was wild. I mean, I know it's different regulations, but it's wild how little certain things, like, you know, it's the relationship, like we were saying, who you know and how you work with people. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's so much 
there's so much backroom deals and stuff and things we have no idea what's going on. All we all we find out is just the end result, and then we kind of like assume what the mechanics were for getting there. I mean, that's what makes content creators because they're all all content creators are just conspiracy theorists. <laughs> I mean, all content creators are just like attention hungry people, or just like, hey, let me do this thing, and this will be my like road to success. Yeah. Yes. Some say we're doing it right now. Uh, we definitely are. We are definitely attention-seeking people. And everyone needs to know our opinion on Formula One, founded or unfounded. 100%. Oh, man. This, like, my throat has been killing me since this, like, crazy smoke that's happening in New York City right now. Yeah, dude. So for our non-New York City listeners, <clears throat> all, there's wildfires in Canada that's, like, blowing a ton of smoke into the city. And there's actually, like, a red hue. And the air quality is apparently the worst of any city in the world right now. Like we have the worst air of any major city, which is crazy. Um, and like it's, it, it's going crazy in my um, allergies. No, same with um, my, my girlfriend too. Her allergies are all acting up. It's um, this guy. It looked yellow outside yesterday. Dude, it stinks. You can literally smell burnt wood. Yeah. Wild. What is Trudeau doing? Oh yeah, isn't what's the next Grand Prix? Is it Canada? Yeah, that's right. Wow, but it's not this weekend. It's next weekend. So hopefully they can put out the fires by then. But I think like the fires are literally like the span of Canada. There's like so many of them. Oh my god! Yeah. As someone that doesn't have cable TV or youtube tv i like this news like i get the news the old-fashioned way <laughs> what through twitter twitter yes that is the old-fashioned <laughs> way the paper if i bother to read it once a month do you read the paper sometimes i do yeah i like really? skip i'll like run through some articles if something sounds interesting i won't i won't read it cover to cover like how my dad does yeah that's so old school wow i mean you know it's uh I subscribe to the Formula One life of bigger engine, better car. Okay. <laughs> no, no, not at all. It's, I can't, but Mercedes, man. I think this year I feel the worst for Carlos Sainz. Yeah. How did he do? He did, um, even fourth or fifth. Yeah. It felt like a lot of pressure was on him because of uh, Leclerc crapping out he was out on q1 he was yeah, 19 was... in q1 and they he literally like thought he had an issue or something and yeah and then he started from the pits right yeah he started i mean which makes sense because you're that far back it's like why even bother <laughs> <laughs> who are you max verstappen you're not gonna go anywhere oh my god i mean yeah where did leclerc finish because he he flew up here, let me look. <clears throat> Sainz was fifth. All right, Perez was 14th. Leclerc. How about uh, Max asking what his fastest lap was? Uh, just to like deny, because Perez had fastest lap, and then he's like, what's the fastest lap? <laughs> and his 
race engineers like don't even bother please just you're almost having track limit like you're you're about to get a penalty and he's like he did it and then the race engineers like okay you've had your fun just stay within the lines now and please just take this home like he couldn't <laughs> even give Perez a a single point yeah that's that's ruthless that's a uh... I think that's the introverted extrovert right there yeah. of Max Verstappen. I did want to say something about that, though, because I was watching the race. I'm like, this has got to be such a meditation for them because, like, we're watching all the cars at once. But, like, each individual lo- driver is just sitting in their car in their own little world for two hours, basically. Yeah. And they talk to their, uh, you know, engineer. That's it. But it's really kind of like like a meditation almost. And it must be yeah. actually – quite soothing like once you really get into it you get your breathing down to a certain rhythm and you're kind of doing the same repetitive thing for 70 laps i will say because I've, I've been to some races formula one and, and other kind of racing and it really is kind of soothing because <clears throat> wherever you're sitting on the track it's, you know, you're sitting there, you see the cars go by, you hear the engines, they go by, then it's like nice and quiet for, you know, maybe 45 seconds, depending on the track. Then you hear the engines kind of in the back, you hear it get louder and louder, then they pass by. And it's this cyclical um, event that happens. It's, like it's rhythmic. Yeah, exactly. It's like listening like, to the, the waves lap on the beach. Yeah. Exactly. It's, you know, it's not like football where it's very intense for 15 seconds and then someone gets injured. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's. We should start a Formula One mindfulness podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We, yeah, you know, we could make a mindfulness uh, YouTube channel with the uh, engines and make it. And just the engine noises. uh, (laughs) Like, (laughs) match your breathing to the engine noises. Thank you for listening to Stateside F1. Please like, comment, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your sweet, sweet podcast content. Follow us on Instagram at Stateside F1 and TikTok at Stateside F1 Podcast. Feel free to message us, DM us, memes, comments, questions, suggestions, etc. We will respond and follow you back. Bye. Bye. Bye.